the meditation practice that we're teaching, that we're engaged in here, is often called vipassana, vipassana. And that word literally means something like seeing clearly. And that's really goes to the essence of what we're interested in. And so we use the meditative tools of gathering, collecting the mind, stabilizing the mind, deepening uh, the sense of non-distractedness, of concentration, coupled with the tool of mindful awareness in order to see clearly, you could say, the way things really are. So it's seeing on a more subtle level, on a different level than our everyday way of looking at things, which tends to be in large part in the realm of thinking about and our conceptual, uh, intellectual relationship to the world. And it has its uses and value, accomplishes a lot. But we're training and uh, looking at things in a, in a different way through meditation. It's a different uh, intention behind the seeing. You could say we're interested in the common or universal characteristics of everything. That which is the same for anything that arises in experience, whether it's a sound or a sight, a sensation in the body, taste, a smell, a thought, an emotion, a mood, anything, everything that makes up our lives, things that life, anything at all, things we like, things we don't like, things we find pleasant, things we find unpleasant. This is great because we're exploring the entirety of our experience. And for the purposes of learning what we are interested in learning, any object will do because we're looking at what is the same for any experience. We're getting to know its essential nature below all that we think and feel about what's happening, all of our likes and dislikes, all of our um, views and opinions and the ways that our conditioning leads us to look at things through our memories and all that's happened to us and all of our ideas and everything we've been taught in schools and learned and told is true and real. We're looking below all of that on a different level, you could say. So we're not dismissing that, not saying it's unimportant, but we're looking at more than that, you could say. Seeing things in terms of their nature to change. Seeing that because of their nature to change on a profound level, we can't ask any one experience to be the thing that is our source of a lasting satisfaction or ease or happiness. Even the greatest, best thing that happens, 
yes, it's wonderful, we enjoy it, and it is subject to change, so we can't hold on to it. It will change. And we see that things are unfolding according to nature, that is, nature is following its own laws, you could say. And so this points to this sense of uncontrollability on a profound level, that we are not in charge of what's happening ultimately. We have our agency, we add things into the mix, but in the ultimate sense, life is a flow of cause and effect. We're not in charge of it, it's not happening to us, it's just nature unfolding. And we see where we fit into that, how we are just an aspect of that flow. That what we think of as a self isn't quite what we think it is. And so this may be somewhat accessible. We start to tune into this in terms of bodily sensations, tuning into their changing nature, tuning into the direct experience of what we could think of as the elements of pressure and hardness and vibration and warmth and coolness. And so we, we start to get a sense that in this very direct experience of material, <clears throat> material form or what we would call our body, things like hand and face and head and torso are in a certain way a, a concept that we place on top of this direct experience of pressure, hardness, vibration, warmth, coolness, and so on. We can't actually experience hand, but if you lift your hand up now, your arm, and move that gently, slowly through the air, we can experience movement and coolness and vibration and tingling and touching sensations. We, we can experience that. That's the direct experience of hand and arm. Of anything in material form, and that's the same in the body as it is in everything that surrounds us in the world, the plants and the rocks and the soil, the sky. Hardness in the body, hardness of a stone in in the world outside, it's, it's just hardness. Warmth is warmth, coolness is coolness, it's just nature. And we see that this flow of sensations, the direct experience of material form is just that, a flow of changing sensations. None of them last. Where are all the ones from yesterday? They're gone. 
from this morning. And so this same essential nature applies to everything, including the world of our thoughts and emotions. Much trickier. The body is relatively slow moving, our experience of that dance of sensations of elements is relatively slow compared to the speed of the mind. But this internal world of thoughts and emotions and moods and different mind states that come, it's much trickier terrain to navigate because it's so fascinating and it seems so personal and so who we are so important and so fascinating that we it's it's much harder there to get our vision to shift to seeing that in the same way as this dance of the elements in the in our experience, direct experience of materiality of the body is this flow of changing sensations. So this change is the essence of that in a certain way of looking. That's true of the thoughts and feelings and moods, but we, we lose sight of it because it's so compelling. And we get swept up into stories and the feelings and feeling here I mean emotions and all that it seems to be telling us about who we are and and that's all real it's not to deny the reality of that but we want to see it in also its essence that it's a phenomenon it's a thing that has arisen due to conditions it will have its life of whatever short duration that is and then it will change and pass away and that we can't hold on to it that in a certain way it's impersonal because it's come because of causes and it will change disappear when those conditions change But it's it's really hard to navigate this, so there we need to, to have some tools just to even begin, and especially with the the world of our thoughts and emotions. So these are not our enemies. They're not something we're trying to somehow get the mind to be void of thoughts, void of feelings. They're an aspect of life. If we were trying to Get rid of them, it would be like chopping part of us off and setting it over somewhere in a basket on the side to not look at. So we want to get get to know and become very intimate with this aspect of our life, but in a way disengaged from all of the stories there. We want to get close to its essence, its nature to change its unreliability because it's changing. Understanding that it's just this flow of nature. One of my 
uh, colleagues and a teacher of mine who I teach with now is um, came up with uh, an acronym years and years ago and it's gotten very widespread and I like to mention that it was uh, first uh, came came from a teacher named Michelle McDonald because she rarely gets any credit for this. So an acronym is a word that the letters spell or point to other things. So um, the word is rain and the letters are A-I-N stand for recognition, acceptance, investigation, and non-identification. So this is a, a tool that Michelle uh, came up with as a, a way to navigate particularly difficult, um, sticky, emotional moods, emotions, mind states, <laughs> where we, we get really caught by them, very identified with them. applies very well also to things like the hindrances that we've mentioned, these when the mind is caught in wanting or resistance or dullness or restlessness or doubt. You can use it with those <coughs> kinds of mind states also. I came up with a kind of, um, you could call it a, an extension, an elaboration on the simplicity of rain in those four words I have now. Mine is rain, because I have three or four of each letter. So for the R, which is recognition, I have um, started with relax. Relaxing lets us then receive receive what's happening, we relax, we receive it, this leading to recognition. And the recognition is, oh, it's sadness. It's joy. It's restlessness. Whatever, <clears throat> we're able to recognize it. Sometimes we not might not necessarily be able to name it that clearly, but we recognize this this is here now. We we have this ability to possibly name the experience. The A, which is acceptance, I began with uh, bringing awareness, the A for awareness. With awareness we allow, allow it to be there. And this leads to this sense of acknowledging or accepting we don't have to like it. It's not convincing ourselves we like it, but accepting that that this is the way it is. We accept it. We're not struggling or fighting against what's happening, against the truth of things, against the, the quality of the mind. We don't have to struggle with it. We accept, oh, it's like this now. <clears throat> We can bring some interest. What is it? Let me get to see what it's 
what it really is, how how it's showing up, not thinking about it, not my stories, but how it shows up in the body. What are the how does it impact the mind? How do I relate to it? So we bring some interest leading to greater intimacy. We get very close to it in a very direct way. We feel it. We touch it. We taste it. Again, separate from all of our stories about it. And it's that interest in intimacy, then uh, this investigation of growing, uh, all part of investigation, this direct touching of it, leading to seeing its essence, that it's a conditioned arising that will change when conditions change. So we see its nature, we see that it's a part of nature, it's a manifestation of nature, and it is of the nature to change. Seeing that inclines to uh, not identifying with it, not claiming it, non-identification, not claiming it as I, as me, as mine. We give it back to nature. So we have nature, non-identification, no problem. It's my last N. So you may find, and, and it, if at some point I'll post, post this... Um, I'll write up a legible version of this rain thing and post it so you can see that if it's of interest. Relax, receive, recognize, bring awareness. Maybe we'd say allow it to be there, bring awareness to it, leading to acceptance. with interest, greater intimacy and investigation of its nature, that it's an aspect of nature, no need to identify, non-identification, and there's no problem. So I offer this as a possible tool for you and your exploration of your experience today. Allowing now the mind and body to settle into what has been serving you to gather the attention Stabilize the attention with the breath or the experience of sitting. Using this as a point of reference or a place to begin and begin again to recollect the attention when it's scattered or we lose the thread of 
awareness. Using this point of reference then as a a place from which to open then to this flow of the change of our experience. Sounds arise and hearing is known. We're aware of hearing. Sensations in the body call the attention. If we become aware of them, that's the object. We're already there. We don't have to go there. Hardness. Warmth. Hearing. Hearing. Rising, falling, thinking, planning, boredom, confusion, Joy. Incorporating the tool of mental labeling, that light whisper of a word in the mind if it's been useful, if you find it useful, if it helps us to connect with experience. The lightest whisper, less than 1% of the experience dropping it if it's unwieldy or if you find it just gets in the way. And remembering the whole of the practice really comes down to the willingness to to begin again. And infusing the attention with the quality of friendliness of kindness, a kind-hearted awareness that meets our life just as it is. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.